This is the Oanda Podcast. You're listening to the Oanda Market Insights Podcast, talking to Oanda senior market analysts across the world. And today we're joined by Ed Moyer in New York. Good afternoon from London, Ed. How are you doing? Trick or treat from New York. I am well. <laughs> Happy Halloween to you and all of our listeners. Overnight, Brazil has taken a turn to the left with former President Lula beating uh, the incumbent uh, Jair Bolsonaro. But it was oh so close. And I suppose the big worry now is whether Bolsonaro will question the election result. And how have markets greeted this election of uh, Lula, who returns, of course, back as president? Well, right now, I think the markets are uh, selling off a little bit. The Brazilian Real is weaker. Um, their uh, stock market has uh, dropped. Um, you know, Bolsonaro was the market-friendly candidate. Um, but I think the, the reason we're selling off is because, number one, as you highlighted, we haven't heard a single word from Bolsonaro. And I think it seems likely this is going to be a contested election. And, and that uncertainty is always bad for um, regardless of, of which side wins in the end, uh, it's 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 bad. It'll drag this out. Number two, I think markets are still pretty much expecting Lula will will eventually be declared the winner. Um, but uh, Lula has you know refrained from announcing his cabinet. His uh, and that's the that's the thing that markets really care about. And and depending on does he go political or does he go with an economical pick? I think the the fear is that. Brazil's deficit is not going to improve anytime soon, and you're you're probably going to see um, this is um, short-term negative for Brazilian assets, and and I think that there's um, you know I think fears that uh, you know you're you're going to see um, this drag out a little bit longer. So so I think that uh, you know you're, you're seeing some uh, noticeable weakness here with Brazilian assets, and I, I think that this. Uh, um, shows you that their country is divided. I mean, the the, the vote was too close. Um, you know, we had to go to a runoff. It was expected to be somewhat close. Um, and, and, and I think it, it shows you that uh, um, there's, you know, even if Lula wins uh, and is declared the winner, um, you know, it's not like he has a Congress uh, supporting his party. So um, it's going to be difficult to get stuff done. And I think there's um, fears that uh, Brazil is, is is going to be in for a little bit of a rough patch. And and that's, you know, never, never good for foreign investment. So I think you'll probably see um, this might benefit um, investments into other emerging markets. So you might see a, um, a, a boost for uh you know, Mexican assets and uh, um, possibly Colombian as well. And as you say, Bolsonaro yet to concede, although I note that in his victory speech, Lula did strike a conciliatory tone. And uh, in the build up to this uh, election, he tried to create a broad coalition. I, I think the, the, the market for the most part um, is they're, 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 they were looking to get beyond this election. I think they're uh, I mean, it's quite the comeback for Lula. You know, just not too long ago, he was in jail. <laughs> and uh, now he's, uh, you know, likely to become president um, again. And uh, I, I think you're probably going to see that for Brazil, um, their economy is is not in a very um, good position. So I think this is, this is really going to be difficult for, um, for foreign investors to really, I think, gravitate towards uh this part of the world and i think you'll, you'll see that 
we're going to look to see if um, how does, you know, some of the key stocks react to this election. And I think that, you know, as we open up your your Petrobras, Banco de Brazil, um, you know, we're, 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 we're going to really get to see what's what's Wall Street's reaction here. So um, I think this is a um, well-received um uh, this election result by, um, you know, a lot of the other presidents in South America, President Biden was quick to congratulate. Um, so there, there is hope. Okay, you mentioned it was Halloween, of course, that means it's October the 31st. So we should reflect on the last month on in markets. And it's been a great month, hasn't it for US stocks, particularly oil? Very, very much so. I, I think when you Listen to the previous podcasts. I think it, there was a lot of doom and gloom. There was a you had Meta's terrible results. You had Amazon uh, in free fall. Uh, but when you take a look at the broader picture, um, um, and, and then the Apple's was, was not too impressive, even though it did rally strongly. As that was the final bad, not bad, but it was the final major earnings release that we got. That now we could say we have a good handle of the tech outlook um but it was it was a surprisingly um you know we were still you know battling you know fed rate hike expectations and um you know it, it's hard I, I i you know i had to double check this uh, but you know d- the dow um is right now likely to have its best month since 1976 so best october so uh so that's, I mean, that's that's pretty impressive. Um, so I think what we're going to see is, you know, investors here, the the bear market rally talk has been pretty wide and strong. Um, but it, you know, this is this is the, the key moment now. We're we're approaching. Um, this is uh, the make or break moment for the Fed and Fed rate height expectations. And I think there's a lot of people positioning themselves um, for the Fed to, to take a softer stance and tightening. Uh, and it's going to be all dependent on, you know, does the data deteriorate? And does the Fed have um, just cause here to go ahead and ease up on on, on tightening? And, and and I think you look at all the other indicators, there, there should be um, that agreement. But we really haven't seen it in the U.S. data. So I think this is, this is um, you know, I think when you when you consider how weak China is, and, and I think one of the things that uh, when when you take a look at some of the, the PMI readings from China, typically um, those will impact and be reflected in the U.S. data um, a little bit down the road. And, and you know, China over the weekend they had very weak PMIs. Um, I think that was something that um, traders were expecting it, but you have manufacturing services all in contraction territory, um, which really means the data is probably a lot worse. So I think that, um, you know, there, there's there's um, a wide expectation that you're going to see that deterioration here in the U.S. Um, this is a pivotal week here in the U.S. We, we, we have the ISM manufacturing report, which could possibly fall into contraction territory. Uh, I think for a lot of traders, that is the, the key um, report that really gives you uh, a strong idea on factory activity. Uh, what a lot of people like about it too is it's uh, 
you know, it, it shows you um, the how strong orders are. And um, I think, you know, a lot of people will use this for their forecasts on, on determining how how the economy is evolving. Um, so, so I think, th- th- you know, this is this is going to be a pivotal week for U.S. Um, equities because we'll, we'll 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 get past the Fed. We'll we'll be able to see exactly um, how they're positioning them, themselves. And uh, I think you know the, the the market. You know, we've gone from pricing in. Um, you know, the, I think there's no one's doubting that they're going to hike by seventy five basis points on Wednesday. But there's that debate: what will they do in December? And it used to be a coin flip for the December meeting between 75 and uh, a half point increase. And now it seems that it's, it's, it, people are leaning more towards um, just a, a half point. And then February could be the, the last rate hike with a, a 25 basis point increase. So I think there's a lot of people are excited because if you see the fed done with tightening, then, you know, a lot of these beaten up stocks, they, there's, there's that belief that this could be the, the opportunity to get in. So the question is, does inflation continue to, to weaken, um, in those months in the, in the spring? And if so, then you'll probably see risky assets will have a better opportunity, uh, to, um, stabilize or, or to rally even further. Um, but if not, um, I think the, there's there's a there's a growing chance that you're going to see markets become very nervous here, um, and that you know the risks of uh, more rate hikes should still be on the table. So uh, it, it it'll all be about where in, inflation is in, in the next few months, and that'll determine what the Fed will do. Um, but right now, there's still st- strong signs for the labor market. The labor market remains rather impressive. Um, you know we you know we're still seeing significant job growth the unemployment rate is still very low three it's it's expected to only rise to 3.6 percent on friday so there's still there's a a lot of strength in this economy um workers uh, a lot of companies they're they're hesitant to, to lay off people because it's hard to find talent right now and a lot of companies are you know even if they're not extremely pleased with their employees their you know businesses are deciding to, to hold on to that talent because um they don't want to have to pay a lot more um for attracting someone better so i i think this is this is a this is going to be an interesting um next couple quarters to see how the hiring picture changes but uh, i think it's pretty clear economy um uh, those job openings will come down um but right now it, it's it's uh, it's fascinating to see that um we're, we're, we really haven't seen a significant pickup with uh, layoffs we should also reflect on the latest earnings from those uh, big oil giants, Exxon and uh, Chevron. Uh, what did you make of it? It's good to be in the oil business. <laughs> uh, another record profit for Exxon. Chevron had their second highest earnings on record. Um, the oil, oil companies are making so much money. Um, uh, and, and I think that you're 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 going to see the pressure these these energy companies are feeling is to go bigger on their buybacks. I mean, it's it's amazing to see just how this economy um, is weakening as we're fearing recessions. Yet you have these oil companies that are um, crushing it. There 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 there's their their margins are amazing. The outlook for oil is still 
strong. I think that um, even as we're dealing with China's COVID struggles, um, you know, I think, you know, for me, uh, one of the biggest stories is, uh, you know, uh, Foxconn, one of Apple's key iPhone make um, maker of iPhone parts, uh, they're struggling with COVID. And uh, you're, you're, you're seeing that um, uh, that type of, you know, fear of lockdown in, in, in China um, is the one thing that's kept oil really down, uh, depressed uh, below the, the, the $100 level. And, and I think that you're, you're probably going to see that these oil companies, they know they're going to be making money. They have the pressure from the White House and other countries to, to, to increase production. And, um, you know, they, there's slowly raising their capital expenditures. And I think there's this, um, fear that you know they're going to do a little bit more but nothing too substantial so i think that the, the market is is really nervous here that we're going to see some possible shortages um even you know going into uh, 2023 2024 so i think the oil companies are nicely positioned they they have good margins um oil prices seem like they're going to be supported here and and i think that uh you're you're also um going to see that uh, because of the shortfalls with natural gas, there's also some um, added demand that's going to come for, for crude. And, and I think uh, one of the, I think the, the, the key stories for you is that, um, you know, I think we've, we've heard from, uh, I think um, one of the, the more interesting ones is that uh, we've been talking about a warm winter or, or warm weather that has kept prices, energy prices down. Well, uh, the, 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 the latest updates, um, is that the UK is, is, you know, they should brace for higher rates and that we're going to see, um, um, unfortunately, uh, you know, the, the, the Met is forecasting a very, a colder winter, um, slightly a higher one than usual. So I think you're going to see that, uh, there's, there's still going to be extra, demand here for crude uh, eventually when china reopens and uh i think there is optimism that that will happen not necessarily this quarter but very soon um then you're probably going to see oil is going to have a good rally here um and uh i think that's a uh, you know terrible news for the global economic outlook but um i think you're, you're going to see oil prices are supported which should be continued good news for those energy companies Okay, let's uh, switch subjects and talk about cryptocurrency, more specifically, Ed, Bitcoin. And um, before we were on air, I was just looking at the weekend newspapers, and in particular, the London Times suggests in an article that the Bitcoin bubble, quote unquote, has burst. Time to buy the dip or get out. And it's um, a bit down on Bitcoin, uh, this article, suggesting that it could fall well below the 20,000 rate it is at the moment. It's also suggesting that many people are tempted to get out before the going gets tough. Well, I, I think we've seen a rather lengthy consolidation for Bitcoin. Um, I think that has been uh, something that um, a lot of traders were a little surprised with. Um, the crypto winter was supposed to get even uglier. We were supposed to see uh, after falling um, close to 80%, you know, there was expectations we were going to, we were uh, going to test that 14,500 region. Um, a lot of people were still sticking to their calls that we were going to have Bitcoin collapse to 7,500. As you 
look at the path for risky assets. Uh, if you're fearful of stagflation, then yes, that means you're fearful the Dow is go- the, the S&P 500 is going to fall to below 3,500, possibly 3,000. Uh, and if in that scenario, then yes, Bitcoin could be um, you know vulnerable to to a, a very uh, severe drop here. Uh, but if you don't think stagflation is is going to happen um and right now it's still too early is that is the stagflation risk still on the table yes am i trying to scare people because it's halloween no but but i think that you're you're probably going to see that um, markets are are still very concerned about over tightening from central banks uh and if inflation is is not coming down they're, they're gonna have to central banks are gonna have to stay on hold they they won't be able to cut um and and this is the one of the big question marks so um you know is it is is there a risk that bitcoin will will fall significantly from here yes definitely um is that the base case no uh not by any means and i, and I think that um you're probably going to see that crypto is is has shown um a lot of resilience here um the money is still pouring in um i think for me this week we'll hear from coinbase we'll really get a good handle um on how the retail institutional money is positioning itself uh and and i, and I think that um you know we'll we'll see exactly what happens with bitcoin um i think um probably in you know, by the end of the year, we'll, we'll, we'll know, you know, did we break below 20,000 or did we somehow manage a rally to 30? And uh, I think the volatility is going to pick up. It's been rather a slow grind here. I think, you know, where, you know, I feel we've talked about Bitcoin 19, 20,000 for quite some time. Um, and uh, there's probably going to be expectations that, uh, you know, will because we've consolidated so long when, when we finally do break out watch out this will be a significant move so if it does if it is to the downside you should be you know prepared um but um no i think i think that you know there's there's still though mostly um optimism for for crypto over the medium and long term okay before we let you go let's briefly look to the week ahead over here in the uk we'll all be looking at the bank of england announcement on Thursday, and it's uh, certainly uh, the view is that the Bank of England will raise rates by 75 basis points. What else are you looking out for? For me, it's it's going to be mostly about three big central bank rate decisions. As you highlighted, the BOE, that's going to be a, a rather large rate hike for them. The Fed is expected to deliver that 75 basis point rate hike also. Um, but we also have Australia. And uh, Australia, uh, the RBA is going to uh, expect it to raise. This is where there's a debate. You know, Some people are expecting a 15 basis point rate hike. Uh, some are expecting a little bit more. Um, so that could be a live meeting. Um, so that's going to be very interesting. Um, as I mentioned earlier, where you know it's the, the beginning of the month, so you're getting all those key manufacturing and service PMI readings. Uh, you know, we're, we're we're seeing significant weakness in China. We're expected to see that to, to happen in the U.S. too. Uh, the European PMIs are also expected to to continue to show. Um, um, 
moves uh, deeper into contraction territory. And, and I think that you're probably going to see that for a lot of people. Uh, this is a this is going to be the, the week where um, we'll, we'll get a better sense of to what the BOJ and uh, J- what, what Japan is, is going to do as far as defend, defending the, the Japanese yen. We're back above 148.70. Um, so this is this is this is going to be a make or break moment for uh, Japan um, because after the Fed, you'll probably see a major move, and if it's dollar strength, we'll we'll. Keep a close eye to see if they're defending the 150 level strong. Um, I think that's the key level for them right now. So if they defend it, um, then um, you, you might see FX traders try to fade it. But if it does break out, uh, if let's say we have uh, the Fed kind of make us the markets think there is that pivot, then you could see yen strength, um, and that would be uh, welcome news for Japan. Um, and 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 I think that um, you know for for you know the the you know Friday when we finish up the week, we have non-farm payroll. The U.S. economy is expected to still show another strong labor month of hiring for October. Um, slower pace though, two hundred thousand jobs are expected to be created. Unemployment rate to to just rise just slightly to 3.6 percent just a tick higher um and uh we'll also get germany factory orders i'm keeping a close eye on how your europe's uh, key manufacturer is doing and and uh i think that's going to be it we're going to probably see lots of central bank speak but um i think you know for the most part it's going to be all about rate decisions and the data okay and thanks very much for joining us today we'll speak to you again very soon thank you have a good one This is the Oanda Podcast.